My name is uh, Peter, and I'm one of the pastors here at City Harvest, and uh, glad that each one of you are here. And uh, if you are in kindergarten through eighth grade, will you just stand up real quick? Kindergarten through eighth grade, stand up. Now, yeah, will you just tell them how glad you are that they're with us? Come on. Now, we actually took the pens and the comment cards out of the seats in front of you because I didn't want to get any hate mail from you uh, kindergarten through eighth graders that we chose to have you in here today. But don't worry, um, we actually have a video we're going to watch. How many of you guys like to watch videos at church? Amen. Um, And then we're going to be taking communion. And I'm actually going to ask a couple of you kids to maybe help me read some verses. But we are going to have a great day in Jesus. And uh, just allowing him to come and transform our minds and our thinking and uh, the way that we are. So we are today, we are going with Jesus on mission. How many of you guys like to go with Jesus on mission? How many of you feel that going with Jesus on mission is intimidating? How many of you believe both? Okay. Um, uh, A famous quote that I made up. When we fully experience, accept, and embrace what Christ has done, we will be full of gratitude and want everyone to do the same. I believe that as you and I fully accept and believe in the gift that Jesus has presented to us, and not just the concept, but, but actually the gift itself. It's not like you're freezing outside. How many of you were cold this last week? Bone chilly cold. If I walked up to you and gave a gift, you could believe uh, a coat. You could believe that the coat would warm you, yes. right? You could believe that if you put the coat on, you would be a little warmer. Yesterday, two of my kids decided, um, let's see, it was number four and number five, decided to go get ice cream. They wanted to walk up to Dairy Queen. It's just a little, about three quarters of a mile away from the house. They start walking. One's wearing um, a Carhartt jacket. The other one was just wearing a T-shirt. And they start going, and I was taking a Saturday nap, and or trying to, and I'm laying there, and all of a sudden I hear pelting kind of like rain BBs against, we have aluminum siding on our house, so you hear that stuff really nice. And I hear and I realize, okay, the one wearing the t-shirt is gonna be freezing. So I drove up there and um, gave up my nap because I just love number four and number five and enough to know their number and just uh, and picked them up. Now, but if I had a coat to give to her, she could believe that the coat would make her warm. She could fully believe it. She could know for a fact that she would be warmer if she put the coat on. But until she actually grabs it and puts the coat on and embraces its reality and wears it, there's no warmth coming to her. It's a gift. There's truth in it. She can believe in the concept, but until she actually put the coat on. And since we're speaking of Carhartts, Aiden, would you just stand up? This is my number one. That's not preference. It just means he came first, okay? (laughs) That was up to God. We had nothing to do. Well, you know what I mean. Um, He is wearing, today's service is brought to you by Carhartt. Will you just turn around? (laughs) You know, uh, (laughs) we have great sponsorships here. 
uh, you can sit down. What's cool about this coat is I bought this coat for myself when I was 16 years old. Wore it through high school. Actually wore it building um, the first house I had. I built it and would wear that uh, coat when it was cold. And what I just love is that my, you're still 18, right? My 18-year-old son, <laughs> he actually thinks the coat is kind of cool and wants to wear it. So um, thank you, Carhartt, for making clothing that lasts generations. Okay, so if we truly are going to, it's not just to believe, it's to, we got to accept it. We got to put it on for it to truly take impact over our lives. I, I believe that as we do that, and as we reflect on the goodness of Jesus Christ in each of our lives, gratitude comes up. You know, it's hard to reflect on someone saving your life and not have gratitude and appreciation. To have appreciation for a free gift. To have appreciation for someone who paid the penalty for you, for your mistakes, for your selfishness. And when we're fully embracing that gratitude, what do we do? We want to share it. And so... In this, going with Jesus on mission, bearing witness, not just with gratitude, because there's kind of a difference there. That's something that I'm going to go bear witness, which means I'm going I'm to share what Christ has done for me. And I'm deciding I'm going to pull gratitude with me as I go bear witness. But there's a difference between taking gratitude with me versus from gratitude. I'm going to share because I have gratitude in my heart. I have gratitude in my mind. I am embracing the gratitude of what Christ has done in my life. And from that place, I want to go share. From that place, I want to pray for you. From that place, I want to tell you about this amazing king who I want to reign in me. So today we want to really reflect on that. And even remember, we're going to be taking communion but even just thinking back to the first time Jesus invited you to his table. You read through the New Testament, through the Gospels, Jesus was always inviting people that others thought he shouldn't to his table. People that you weren't supposed to talk to. People that if you talk to them, it's kind of any of you guys ever uh, play the game like cooties, kudos, wait, what's it called? It's been a long time since I played it. It's a lifestyle? Okay, it's not a game, it's a lifestyle. What do you play on the playground? Like, boys and girls, they have cooties, right? Yeah? You guys with me? Okay. Anyway. Okay, this backfired, this illustration. I don't even know why I was, Oh, right, Jesus. He, he was relating to people that others would have said, like... You don't want to be around those people because they're contagious. Their sin is contagious. You sit with them, you're going to become them. There was shame all over the culture. You, you, you canceled each other out. You separated because somehow by not standing next to that person, I became more righteous. It wasn't just in who I was and who God was in me. It was the farther I got away from those, those kinds of people, the more righteous I felt. But Jesus was always inviting those people to his table. Here's the deal. You and I are those people. So thinking back, 
could win was the first time he said, I want you to come sit with me. No, come on in. I know, I know you don't, no one's ever said this to you before. I know it doesn't seem just, it doesn't seem fair. I know you might think it's a trick, but no, I want you to come, I want you to sit with me. I want you to come to my table. Not just to eat, but because I want to get to know you. More importantly, I want you to get to know me. Because there's that freedom in me. So we want to bear witness from a place of gratitude. All right, we're going to watch a quick video on bearing witness. So from the beginning of time, God has been calling us to bear witness, to accept who he is, to let it radically change each one of us from the inside out, and then to go and begin to be examples for that. And you can put up the, the next slide, the verse. Can I get... Uh, elementary age or a middle schooler who would come up here and read this verse. Just run up here. First one up here. Just don't beat anybody up. Uh-oh, we got two, three. Maybe this was the wrong idea. All three of you come up. I'll have you each read something. You know what? You're going to take turns. Here we go. All right. So I'm going to have you read um, the first sentence. Hey, guys, it's a really good sentence. They didn't mean to laugh at you. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Okay, what do you see there? What did they do? They went. If your parents told you to go somewhere and you went, they would call that an act of what? They said it for you. Obedience. Obedience? Exactly. (laughs) Obedience. So... They were obedient, he said. So remember that. There's an act of obedience that takes place. All right, you ready for this? Mm -hmm. Okay, you're going to do the next sentence. Uh, Oh, start, sorry, I didn't tell you where. We're going to start with when. Okay. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Okay, perfect. Now, we're going to forget that last little part of the sentence, okay? Because that's a whole other sermon and what took place there. But what did they do when they saw him? Uh, they worshipped him. So there's an act of obedience that took place where they, he told them to do something. They actually went and did it. And then when they saw him, they began to worship. All right, now you're going to finish it out. Then Jesus... Yes. Then Jesus came to them... Then Jesus came to them to attack and said, and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Oh, you get to keep going. You're really special today. You actually get to do multiple sentences. Therefore, go and make um, disciples. 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 Perfect. Of all um, nations. Nations, mm-hmm. um, baptizing mm-hmm. um, them in the name of the Father and the Son, the and the of the and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Okay, I'll do the last one. You want me to do the last one? Is that why you looked at me? 
Good transition. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Will you tell these three, thank you very much. Come on, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. All right. So there was an act of obedience. When they came to Jesus, they began to worship him. There was a gratitude. There was acknowledging who he was and uh, uh, lifting him up in that place. Jesus said to them, all authority, the, the, the power isn't in you and I. The power is in heaven. The power is in Jesus. And he's saying, I'm empowering you. I'm giving you the tools that you need. So you might be saying, I'm not that great at speech. I'm not, you know, I, I'm really timid. I get scared. I'm not outgoing. Forget the excuses. He already said, all authority has been given to you. He already gave you what you need. Big mind blower. He knows who you are. Okay? You don't got to tell him who you are. He knows who you are. He knows what you're capable of. And he's saying, within that, I'm going to make myself strong in and through you. So therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We got a globe up here. All the nations would be all the different colors that you see. Okay? Granted. The world's probably changed several times since this globe was created. But we go to all nations. Now, all nations, though, is everywhere you and I go. So your neighborhood is part of that picture. Your workplace is part of that picture. How many of you guys go to school? Your school is part of that picture. Okay? The, the grocery store you go to is part of that picture. Uh, I'll even say, if how many gamers are here? And I'm not going to try to pretend like I know anything about gaming, because I absolutely don't. Uh, but the people you're gaming with are part of that. Uh-oh, conviction just hit. You might have to change the way you talk and act on your microphone, Jude. Just joking. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, my kids have told me that I'm not supposed to say their name without permission ahead of time. That's why I number them. <laughs> so what are we doing? We're, we're to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that God has commanded us, which means what he's commanded us, we got to get in inside of our life. we got to get it in our mind. That's why we sing, Lord, reign in me. we got to come to a place of submission where we've received it, so then we have something to share and something to give. And this is the most powerful part, though. He's saying he's not just giving us an assignment and then walking away and saying, I hope you figure it out. And I hope you do it exactly like I said and remember all the details. I think we've all had somebody give us an assignment, and then they walk away, and we're like, oh, wait, I forgot to ask this. And, oh, I don't remember. Wait, what did they say about this? And Was I supposed to do it three times or four times or, you know, whatever it is. But he's saying, and surely, surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. In the video, they talked about Isaiah chapter 6. In there, the Lord comes. He's looking around and he's saying, whom shall I send? Anybody know what Isaiah said? Here I am. Here I am. There was an act of obedience. 
something inside of him that's saying, Lord, here I am, send me. You know, the disciples, they left their jobs, they left their careers, dropped it, and followed Jesus was an act of saying, here I am. I'm going to go with you. Send me. I want you to work through me. I want to learn your ways. I want to become more like you. So if that takes place, why is it then so easy for our witness to fade? Have you been around the church for any amount of time? You've probably seen someone who came to Jesus and was really excited, pumped up. They couldn't walk five inches without telling another person about Jesus. It seemed like every week they're bringing in somebody new. But there's something that happens to all of us, or pretty much all of us, where all of a sudden it begins to fade. And we're, we're not inviting quite as many people. Some people want to rationalize it. Well, I invited all my friends. So there's no more. Nah, that's not the case. Because usually when they're that excited, they're not just going through their contact list and inviting their best friends. Wherever they are. That's how I met my wife was here. And she got here because someone went into her workplace and real sly-like said, any of you ladies looking for a church? And... I don't know what was going on in her life, but she said, yes, I am. And uh, so she came. He wasn't just going through his friend database. Everywhere this guy went, Wayne Lombardo, I owe him a lot. <laughs> Everywhere he went, he was spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Why is it so easy to forget what he has done for me? Why do I lose the awe, the wonder the appreciation, the gratitude. Why do I uh, start to lose sight of what it means for all the world in my own life? I begin to shut off certain places that I go and say that's no longer part of all nations, all the world for me, and that's no longer. And my circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, and I no longer have a responsibility to share because it's so small that everybody in my circle is in this room, and everybody kind of already knows, so I'm off the hook because I already did my job because everyone around me already knows. He's saying, get out of that circle. Move. Well, I mean, don't totally get out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but, but break out of it. Begin to get yourself in places where you begin to engage in conversation. You don't have to look like somebody that you're not. Be you because you have an anointing to talk to other people like you and God has equipped you and he says and surely I am always with you to the end of the age. Here's the cool thing. You're not going to live past on this earth, past the end of the age, which means he is always with you. Okay? So he's going to go with us as we get out of those circles and we begin to go with him on mission. 
We keep talking about our culture and uh, why do we talk about it? It's not because we're trying to sell a company tagline and let's get rallied around this mission statement and these couple virtues and these different things. And you can put that up, Jerry. We talk about it because it's who God has called you and I to be. He has called us to understand who we are. It is in that place of knowing who we are that the gratitude comes up because we realize who he is, who we are without him and who we are in him. And all of a sudden we're excited and we're pumped up because we know we could never do it on our own and in our own strength. And then we realize not only does he say that's who we are, but he says, I want you to come and I want you to go with me. He looks around and he says, whom shall I send? And because I know who Jesus is in me, and because I'm realizing that he's called me, even if I'm scared, even if I, I'm not totally, uh, I'm nervous about it, I say, here I am, send me. Because I know that he's with me. But it comes from us being with God. We're not going to have that confidence unless we're with God. It comes by going with Jesus on mission, unless we step out of the boat and begin to walk with him, we never fully experience the power of him working through us to meet someone else and to encourage someone else, just to pray for someone else, just to serve someone else. Sometimes it's just to smile to someone else. Sometimes it's inviting someone to your table that you would never have at your table. We walk in the power of the Holy Spirit in obedience, and we love others. We treat others with respect, with kindness. We reflect back, and we have gratitude on the way Christ has treated us, and we want to go and reflect that. It's so easy to get caught up in, you know, I, I come and I'm excited for, for what God did in my life. And uh, I, I'm learning some new character traits. There's some really good, you know, character assignments in this book they call the Bible. And I'm learning some new hand motions, what this one means, what this one means, what this one means. And I'm learning the differences in the way I squint my eyes and the, you know, what the side rock versus the lunge forward and, you know, all the different movements. And I, I, I'm, I'm getting involved places and I feel better about myself because I'm helping people that are needy because I'm not needy. I'm helping people that are broken because now that I got these character traits and I know how to do the, the movements, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm rescuing them. He wants it to go beyond that. He wants it to go to a place of absolute surrender where every single day we are opening ourselves up and saying, Lord, change me. I want to look and act more like you. Help me to see others the way that you see them. Help me to treat them the way that you treat me as an act of gratitude. Help me not just to take this gift and then not also re-give it to somebody else. God wants to change us. And he wants us to go for him. You know, these things are really the only things you and I have in common. I know you look at me and you think we're exactly the same. Like we're just two snowflakes cut from the same 
snowflake cutter. You learn, we're all different. We're all unique. Some of us have a lot of things in common, but the more we talk, the more we're going to realize we don't. And that's when we realize the power of Jesus Christ. Because that, in that alone, is where you and I find unity. Jesus Christ is the only place my wife and I are ex- have absolute unity. So we rally around those things, but we don't want them to just be beliefs. You might say, man, it sounds like we're a broken record. We are. Because until we do it, we need to keep breaking the record. We need to keep talking about it because it's what we're called to do. Jesus never said, get all the knowledge in the world, and then you're my, my disciples. He never said, go and do a ton of, uh, of, of, of caring, uh, uh, serving outreaches. He told us to accept who he is, to allow it to change us, and then to go and to offer it to others, to go to all the nations and to serve him. So we go with Jesus on mission. Going with Jesus on mission starts with acknowledging what Christ has done and is doing in our life. We have to keep reflecting on it. We're all missionaries. Say, I'm a missionary. We have to see ourselves all as missionaries. A lot of times we determine our responsibility for involvement by what we see as our calling. Nah, I don't have to have a globe in my house because that's not my calling. That's, God never called me to be a missionary, to go long-term. So, so we are not called to be a missionary long-term in a foreign land. But here's the deal. Every single one of us are called to see the good news of Jesus Christ shared in all foreign lands. So you might not be called to pack your bags and move for the rest of your life to another country. But not one single person in this room can say that they are not called to see the good news of Jesus Christ go to all nations. We are all called. And that includes the very, very farthest away nations to the closer ones, to our own country, to our own state, to our own county, to our own city, to our own neighborhood, to our own sphere, to our own family. We are all called to take action in that way. We put up uh, Luke chapter 4. Jesus shows up there and he, he opens um, up the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. This is out of um, Isaiah 61. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. I put sovereign in there because it's in my other translation. Oops. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. So why was the spirit of the Lord on him? Because it was to anoint him to proclaim good news to the poor. That wasn't just financially poor. That was anybody that was, that was being cast out was poor. That's you and I. We are all poor. Doesn't matter what our checkbook says. Who even has a checkbook anymore? Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, there we go. Wow, and the three people that raised their hand are all under the age of 45. <laughs> they just like live in retro. It's just kind of an in thing. 
He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free. Those are the people he wants at his table. How can we proclaim freedom if we're not inviting them in and we aren't going to them? How can we pray and believe that a blind eye is going to be opened if we always stand at a distance and say, that person is unclean, that person is dirty, that person offends me? No, like Jesus, we go to them to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. That was like the very first mic drop in history right there. (laughs) The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fasted on him. He declared that is why he came. And that is what God was doing in him. But you and I get to declare the same thing. The spirit, we're going to say it of the sovereign Lord, is on you and I. Why? Because he has anointed us to go out and to preach the good news. What is the good news? The good news is your story. The good news is what Jesus has done and is doing and is going to continue doing in your life and in my life. And when we fully embrace it, gratitude comes up and becomes our strength. Again, Matthew, he told us to go to all the world. There's a pattern with a lot of people in the Bible where as they reflect on the goodness of God, their response was to go. In Psalms 51, David has messed up. And he says in verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation. That's that gratitude. That's that that appreciation. And grant me a a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God. You who are God my Savior in my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Appreciation, worship, lifting up a song. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. There was something always that in what God was doing, the response was to glorify him. The response was to tell others. You look at the woman at the well. What did she do? She left the well and she went sprinting into town and began just to tell everybody about him. Different people that he healed, he even told them, don't tell anybody. They couldn't contain it. Here he is. He had just healed them. And... He said, don't tell anybody, and they still had to go tell because of their appreciation. Again, in Isaiah chapter 6, verse 5 through 8, you can put that one up. Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips. Any of you relate to that? That's me. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And if you relate to that, that's you. I'm just joking, kind of. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. That is what Jesus Christ has done for you and me. That is it. He has taken our guilt away. 
And he said, I paid. What's atonement? He paid the penalty for our mistakes. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, here I am. Send me. We did a missions conference called Go, Send, Pray, Disobey. The idea is go to the nations. Send financially others to the nations. Pray for the nations or we're disobeying. And we believe that. We, are, we need to be going. We need to be sending. And we need to be praying. Because God has called every single one of us. Out in the back after the service, there's, there's an info sheet for um, a trip to Albania where it's actually going to be going there to serve kids that, that, whose parents are on the mission field that are coming together and to love on those kids, to impart in those kids. I tell you what, we sometimes think it's hard to move to a new neighborhood or go to a new elementary school. Try moving to another country where they don't speak your language, where they have different customs, where you're forced to dress differently than you've ever dressed. What an amazing privilege to go and to impart and to be part of blessing them as they bless others. Anthony Rozier's here. He was sent out. He was in Young Adults with Tamar and I a um, long time ago. And he and his wife got married and, and moved down to Argentina to plant churches, to feel that's what they were called to do. They believed they were called out. In 2007, here just this last fall, we took up offerings to help support a new church plant they're do, that they're doing. And you guys generously gave $11,000 to bless. This is who we, were, who we were helping in that. He's gonna be here after the service. You can talk to him tonight at 6 p.m. Is, a, is an info and an update meeting right in the lobby and you can come and you can hear what God is doing in Argentina and how you can support it. Many times we think, well, that just means he wants millionaires who can write big checks. No, he needs friends. He needs prayer. He needs encouragement. He'll take your 25 cents. It's not about what it is. It's about our heart. And do we come and do we offer it? If the ushers will come forward, we're going to get ready to take communion. You guys can begin to pass out the elements. We want to go with Jesus on mission, bearing witness from a place of gratitude. As they're passing this out, will you just take a minute and think through when was it that Jesus invited you to the table? Where were you in your life? You know, it's not usually once. There's many times because you and I have an amazing ability to get up from our chair. How many of you guys have raised kids or you were once the kid that got up before dinner was over? And your parents are like, sit down until you're done eating. You know what? We do that in life for the rest of our life. Because Jesus has us at his table and we get up and like we want to run away. Because we got something else to do, something more entertaining, something that's a little more exciting. And sometimes we can get a little too far from him. But to think back, what has he done? But it's not just to remember how lowly we are and how powerful he is. But it's to get back to that place of appreciation, that place to gratitude. 